Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello everyone and welcome along to our latest episode of the RTGA podcast. We're going to chat hurling first. Myself and Rory are joined by Brendan Cummins and Jackie Tyrrell. Uh, we've got a doubleheader to look forward to at the Gaelic Grounds. Clare against Dublin at four o'clock on Saturday and Galway against Tip at 6.15. I know it's the second game, Brendan, but let's start with the bigger one. It feels to me like Galway Tipperary have just delivered in the championship over the last number of years and everybody is just counting down the time until this one throws in on Saturday evening. Yeah, I think it's it's fair to say after about six or seven minutes in Tullamore, we all knew where the thing was going to be going this weekend was going to be the the crunch game. And and look, there's no doubt the history between Tip and uh, and Galway, even going back the years to when Fox and English were playing right up along to when Joe Canning was playing. Obviously, just mentioned in the studio last week, Joe's tight games in Tipperary. It won't disappoint anyway, because both teams will go out and they just go after each other. I think the Henry Lucene after the Dublin game, when they tried to sit against Dublin the first half, they went in 10 points down. They didn't really push up. They kind of had a zonal system. Uh, the second half, they went out and they pushed up on Dublin. And you saw like that. You have to be all in, I think, in the modern game. You either go with a sweeper or a guy sitting all the time, or you push up completely, like I suppose the Clare model would be. And I think... Tipperary will push up all the time and I think the same way now with Galway and that's going to feed into the analogy of a boxing match of both them coming out swinging and hope one hits a haymaker and, and really it's going to be goals that are going to win this game I think and um, that's going to be differentiated between both teams because there's going to be some lot of opportunities. Yeah, well, if it is a boxing match, then Jackie, you'd have to feel Galway got it square in the face in that Leinster final because how <laughs> do you recover from something like that? A sucker punch, last minute goal in a game that they should have won. How do you recover after that? Yeah, it's going to be hard, Jackie, and Henry's a big job picking them up. I suppose one thing that kind of works for Galway is they're kind of used to getting bet in a Leinster final and I don't want to come across <laughs> very derogatory. <laughs> but if you look back at the history since they've since they've entered the Leinster competition, <clears throat> there's kind of Kenny won four in a row. And in those four Leinster t- titles, Galway could have easily come out the right side of those victories. You think of Richie Hogan's late goal a couple of years ago through COVID and things like that. So they're kind of used to this route, getting to a Leinster final, not performing to the, the level that they wanted, and then having to pick it up and go through a, a backdoor round ro- or a backdoor kind of system. So it's not unfamiliar territory for him. So, but he has had two weeks, Henry, to to to, to look at it. What's going right? What's going wrong? You know, a big question over does he stick or twist still with the Dahi Burke, uh, Garrod McInerney? Because although Dahi is doing a lot of good work and has probably been really, really, really solid from at six, they have problems in their full back line. You look at Garrod McInerney hasn't really fully settled there. The cornerback situation is like a revolving door with Jack Grealish in, TJ Brennan in, Darren Morrissey in. It's not as settled look as last year. Aina Murphy seems a bit more jumpy in the goal if you think against Dublin. Uh, some of his puck outs, you think of that goal he conceded. So I think the the backs six and what he does with there, because one thing we know with Tipperary, and we've seen it, I know it was against Offaly, they, Tipperary traditionally will always have got goals. And with Jason Ford back in the setup, they're a, a bit more of a potent attack. So uh, Henry has a lot of work to do, but I think he'll be starting with the back six, what that structure looks like, who 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 picks up who. Who fills the three and six jersey? I think that's probably a, a, a big question that Henry needs to answer. Yeah, but Jackie, on that as well, like, I mean, if you're Henry sitting down now, do you go with Mannion to try to sit 
and try to play with seven and be sure of it? Or do you wait on Tiberi maybe go maybe two, five to maybe one, six, the way these games go after 15 minutes and then go to Richie O'Neill and go, hey, Richie, do we need to put a cover in there because we're wide open at the back? Do you know what I mean? That's the You need to be sure about what you want to do. And with the goal threat that Jake Morrison all give, I think if you're caught between two stools, you either go for a shootout or you go for a defensive block, we'll call it. I'm I'm not sure where he sits now. I'd say it depends on who goes at three. I if you look if you look at Galway four, when they have Dahi Burke at three, and normally most teams will just put two in the full forward line, and you think of Limerick last year, they're relatively happy to push high up the field, knowing that Dahi has the three position and he'll he'll shut that down. Um, so it depends there. If Dahi Burke stays at six, I think they'll probably have to drop Mannion more in a covering role. If they play Dahi at three, it does allow him that freedom to go, hey, you know what? We can push up on this Tipperary half forward line. We can put the squeeze on him, knowing that in the back end of our defence, we probably one of the best full backs in the country. So that's a big conundrum for Henry. What does he do? Does he stick or twist? For me, I would probably stick with Dahi Burke at three and maybe look at Garrod McInerney at a centre back or maybe even on a wing back and put Mannion in centre back and maybe look at a, a favourable matchup for Gar- Garrod McInerney and just say, Garrod, I just need you to follow whether it's a, it's a Jason Ford who mightn't have mightn't have as much pace as other guys, but like what are they going to do with Jake Morris? Because it looks to me from the outside that Galway have one out and out marker in defence, and that's Padraig Mannion, and you can't afford to have him in the full back line chasing Jake Morris of the day. You need him at five. You need him influencing the game, the game, picking up breaks and driving forward and setting up attacks. So um, I don't mean to be honing in on defence, but I just think it's so so important for Galway if they're if they're to get a handle on this tip team. Mm. What about tip then, Rory? Because it seems to me, yeah, they had a massive setback in in their journey. I'm sure they expected that they would be in a Munster final the way that they were hurling. To see what they did to Offaly last weekend, how much can we read on them getting a record scoring? And, you know, because Jackie's right in pointing out all the things that the Galway defence need to do, because there's no doubt about it. The Tipperary attack are going to be absolutely flying, brimming with confidence this weekend after what they've just done to Offaly. Definitely. <clears throat> uh, and look, the Tipperary attack... As long as I'm as long as I'm alive, that's never been an issue. I think they've always produced some of the most incredible forwards we've ever seen. This is a fixture, as I think you mentioned, a kind of in a boxing parlance and styles make fights. That's what makes this fixture so intriguing. It's going to be an incredible game. They've never ever failed to deliver anything but an absolute dinger of a match. And I'd expect exactly the same on Saturday. The only worry I would have for Tipperary, I was just looking there and be interested in Brendan's views. They've conceded 11 goals in the championship. Mm-hmm. It's quite a lot. And even three to Offaly. I mean, that's what you mentioned in the question, Jackie, is what can you read in? I'd literally park the seven that they scored and I'd say... Right, we conceded 3-11 against, you know, look, I suppose maybe, no, look, you don't really know what sort of emphasis Liam Cahill was maybe putting on the game is uh, a more cohesive forward game plan, something that he kind of put a bigger sort of onus on as opposed to worrying about what they could see at the back, knowing that they were always going to win it. And maybe was he looking at something, you know, planning for obviously for this weekend. But they are leaking. I mean, they conceded four against Cork. They conceded obviously three the last day. And then I say, I would I would imagine the defeat to Watford will rankle a team that effectively had nothing to play for to go up to Thurles and beat them. That definitely will stick in his cross in a big way so I think that would be another bone for which to drive them on and I'd expect another massive solid massively big performance from Tipperary on Saturday I think Galway have it all to do Jackie they really do Brendan what do you reckon? 
Yeah, I think with under Liam, if you look what happened with the under twenty team, they played below in under twenty ones when they got hammered by Cork, we'll say, and then they come on and they just swarm Cork in the All Ireland final, the Gaelic Browns, not two months later. Liam's philosophy, I believe, on the game is that you wherever the ball is, you hunt it down, you chase it, and you trust and you trust the guy around the middle tour to get it. I mean, that Cork game in the modern game, the way it's gone, it's like beating the offside trap. When a guy gets inside your forty five inside the half-back line, it's goal on. And you try to stop that. Some teams will try to stop it with somebody sitting there. The problem there is you're actually conceding territory further up the pitch for someone to get their head up. So I think they push, and that's why Galway, I think, will have to fight fire with fire the weekend, and that will make it such a good game. But Tipperary have been conceding goals, but the other side of it is they have been scoring up the other end as well. And you can't have it everywhere. You can't have seven backs and score 4-23 in a match. Do you know what I mean? So I think Tip will push. They'll, they'll play with a freedom to express themselves. They'll take chances. They'll roll the dice. They'll do all that kind of stuff. But that's the only way you're actually, I think, going to win anything. You either go all out with a defensive structure or you go all out with attack and try to balance. And I think the latter is probably where Liam Cahill has landed. Mm. The Watford game aside, you're right, Rory, that will have stoned the players. I mean, there was huge criticism around the county here from supporters about, oh, God, we're all back to square one kind of stuff. I thought it was nonsense, to be honest with you. Mm. It was just a moment in time that can happen in a game. Uh, it's out of the system now, you'd hope, and uh, and Tip now are looking forward. And when all is said and done, if you told us 12 months ago when we were gone in early, what was it, in May we were gone, that you'd be not in quarterfinal the following year with momentum, you'd have taken it all day longer. But you have to be very careful with Galway, Jackie. I mean, Jackie Terrell will probably know it better than anybody. The 2005 semi-final, it was a game I was at. I remember reading one great line afterwards. It was a bit like going into the GPO for a packet of stamps and the 1916 Rising broke out in front of you. You know, Galway scored five, Galway scored 518 to 418. And they can be that mercurial nature to them. Like, you just don't know what you're going to get with them at times. That's where I think maybe Tipperary will have to be slightly wary. And I think they will. It's it's look. It's just a great game to look forward to. Yeah, Jackie, can I we finish off on this by asking genuinely: Is there more pressure on Galway to win this than Tipperary for the reasons that Brendan has outlined? I do think Brendan's right. You know, they're gone out of the championship very early last year. The run that they've gone on to get to this stage, Tipperary could easily win in All Ireland if Galway don't win this match. How is it viewed up there, given the pressure they were under to win the Leinster? final and they didn't do it uh, they're now destiny in their own hands again against their old rivals what happens to Galway if they don't win this game a lot of questions Jackie and yeah the majority of the pressure is on Galway you look they had a really good year last year didn't win the Leinster final pushed Limerick really really close this year very stop start only playing games in nearly halves and in quarters haven't probably stitched 70 solid min minutes together so they don't get overlined the weekend. I think it's definitely a step back for Galway. I think they'll have had a better year last year. Um, and there'll be a lot of questions probably internally with Galway is where is the direction of, of this team is going. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of pressure on Henry, his management team and the players and, and probably the, the more senior players within that group. So it's a big game for them. Look, Tipperary, they're probably in bonus territory. I know Liam Cal won't look at that, but Brennan uh, outlined you know where they were last year to where they are this year. So if 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 they did if they didn't win, I don't think there'd be as many questions as in his first year. Whereas Henry, you know, they're in the second year, you'd have to kind of go, where is this group going? Um, what direction? What way are they playing? So I think this is a it's it's D Day. This is D Day for Galway Hurling. Mm. 
Fun one to look forward to. Uh, what about the other one then, Brendan? Clare against Dublin. I guess the big question is Dublin, how much progress have they made? And can they actually genuinely trouble this Clare team who definitely look like they are still All-Ireland contenders? I think respectfully, we all say that Dublin have a chance because it's a two-horse race and all that kind of stuff. But if you look at the form book and the way Dublin have gone, uh, I'm not so sure. Like, um, it's it, it, On the face of it, Clare should be winning this by maybe eight, nine, ten points. Right. And again, it's back to the old thing. And Jackie would know this when you when you play one of the one of the teams you're expected to beat and address them before the game and say, right, they're going to stay with us for maybe 45, 50 minutes here. At half time, you win maybe a point or two in it. Everyone's getting excited and giddy. And you're saying, right, lads, they'll break eventually. And that's going to be the question for Dublin against Galway. When they struggle, they concede about one four in the space of about seven minutes. Now, if that happens in the first seven or eight minutes of the game here and Clare gets six or seven up, I don't know where it's going to go for Dublin at that stage. The game just spins out. They lose by eight or nine and everyone gets on with their life, which is not really, I suppose, where we want to see Dublin hurling. Um, they did really well against Galway. Uh, I just felt they couldn't win a puck out in the second half after after they went 12 points up. And that was a lot of the problem. They made <laughs> stupid mistakes. And I said Galway got turnovers and goals. But you can see only one winner in this one, and, and that's clear. Like, but hopefully Dublin will bring an element of composure that we haven't seen for a number of years from them. Because in Hurland, or the, again, in the way it's gone, is that every mistake gets magnified by a point because it's so like or a goal. So Dublin need only make six mistakes in this game, and it could be two four. Do you know what I mean? And like that's that's where it'll fall down for me, Hall Donahoe, if it is going to. So I think composure and um, security on the ball in the height of pressure because Clare will push up now. We just know Clare will chase you all over the pitch and that will really test Dublin's skills and let's see. But if Dublin can keep running and running and running to make space, then they have a chance. But I think eventually you're just going to get tired and, and Clare will swamp them. Because mm, we've seen the two sides of Dublin, Jackie. You know, you look at that performance. Yeah, Brendan's right. Look what they conceded in those short rush periods. But at times they've played some really fluid hurling. There's no doubt about it. Michal Dunahu has them organised. They're well set up. They they look like a team who have made progress. There's no doubt about it, Jackie. This is a du- different Dublin team than they were last year from a set-up point of view, from their spine. Their actual execution of the skills definitely has proved if you watch how they transition the ball through the lines, and they're definitely playing to a, a, a method of play and they've unearthed some really good new players. Uh, Paddy Boyle has been excellent this year. I know Keane Sullivan has been knocking around for a while, but he's really stepped up this year. So this is a different Dublin animal. But in this game, and there were certain games that are like this, this player com- com- completely rests with Clare. If Clare are mentally and physically right, they win this game. If they're off, and we've seen it in their history of the last couple of years, they can be. This Dublin team are extremely dangerous. But the difference in this year to last year, I think, for Clare, after the Munster final last year, they played so well, they emptied themselves, they all literally nearly answered every question except they couldn't get it over the line. They were kind of going back on, right, where can we improve? And there wasn't really any areas to improve. You look at this year now after the Munster final, this year, the wides they hit, that, we say that, that, that second third or that third quarter, really, the, the wides they've driven that, how they went out of the game, how they didn't handle the full-back situation with Aaron Glenn. There's things that Brian Lowe can say, right, lads, these are the three or four things we need to improve on to go to the next steps. They get them right, they beat Dublin this weekend and they move in to an All-Ireland semi-final and have no doubt about it, in the back of their mind, they'll want to cut off Kilkenny after what happened in, in Crow Park last year and the embarrassment of it. So 
I feel they're in a different mindset this year and they probably have a bit more point to prove whereas last year they were getting lots of claps on the back after the Munster final and it's just a different psychology approach. I think that's the absolute key there, Rory, that Jackie's mm. outlined. <clears throat> they're a team in a completely different stratosphere this year. Definitely. And look, the, the where the venue is as well, I think, is a significant thing for them because it is, you know, it's kind of a home venue, really, I suppose, to a certain extent from a... From a from a clear perspective, even though, by the way, some of the belly aching that went on over the potential fixture of this for Parky Cueve, I found absolutely astonishing. It it is absolutely ridiculous. Some of the belly aching that I was listening to, I was kind of actually saying to myself, like Cork, like, and some of it was all being construed, by the way, around the fact that oh, it's required to clear debt. The debt is sorted. The debt will be looked after by Cork GA. It's a brilliant venue, Parky Cueve. And look, anyway, the fixture is going on in Limerick and good luck to it. And we'll have a great crowd there and everyone's looking forward to it. But um, I just think, look, it'll be it'll be tricky from Dublin's perspective. I think it's going to be up a notch the minute they go in to start mixing it now with Munster hurling teams. Jackie, and we're back to our old pal. Because, oh. because after this weekend, <laughs> if we have three Munster teams in the last four, we'll have a bit of a chat on Monday morning. No, uh, but like, no, I do think, look, it's going to be a big step up. And I think the big question again, going from a clear perspective, it just have they recovered better after a monster final loss this year than the way they did last year? And I, you would hope from their point of view that they have. Mm. Oh, lads, it's going to be so much crack. I am really looking forward to it. Bring it on. I don't care that it's on in the Gaelic grounds, Rory. I'm delighted <laughs> yeah, that we yeah, are going to yeah, get yeah. these two games. It's going yeah. to be phenomenal. Yeah. Jackie Brendan, thanks so much for being with us and enjoy the matches. Yeah. Cheers, Jackie. Thank you. Well, now on the uh, football pod, we're delighted to have a very special guest with us, former Clare manager. It feels odd to say that. Colm Collins is with us. And look, Colm, I suppose, firstly, we just wanted to get you on to kind of chat about your own uh, years with Clare before we have you looking ahead. But it just it feels a bit surreal, I'm sure, after 10 years to be stepping away. What, what has the last week been like? Yeah, it's it's a lot of lovely uh, messages from people now. People are very kind, to be honest about it. And um, uh, I suppose that um, I I had been prepared for it for for a good while now. I mean, um, once I suppose uh, the results went the way they did in the league, I was prepared. Uh, I, I I knew I was going to step down. So um, um, what you call it? I was well prepared for it, but. Uh, it's a bit unusual. It's a bit unusual. Last night was the first free Wednesday night I'd had in a in a long, long time. But um, I'm 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 sure I'll get used to that. I'm sure you will. You mentioned the tributes. To me, it seemed like there was so much love for you inside and outside the county. And I know you're a humble man, and you'll hate all this, but it did seem to me. It, it, not just the love from your players, which was lovely seeing Owen Cleary saying things like we were never playing for Clare, we were playing for Cullen Collins, which does say an awful lot about you. But just the breadth of it, that it came from all over the country as well. Did it, I suppose, did it, what did it feel like to even see people talking about you that way? Um, I, I suppose, luckily for my big head, that uh, I didn't hear half it because I'm not really <laughs> big into social media. So I missed, I missed a lot of it. Only somebody might send me something. But uh I think people are very kind, Jackie. You know, to be honest, um, I I was touched by a lot of uh, the stuff they've said. Now, um, my wife said that she didn't recognise who they were talking about. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, uh, well, yeah. listen, uh, it's all true, though, Colm. Look, I hope you know that, because when you look back on what you've achieved, can you even have a sense of taking this team from Division 4 mm. to being a really solid Division 2 team, taking them to a provincial final, almost reaching the pinnacle in Division 1 football? Can can you reflect now and get a sense of what you managed to achieve with this team? I mean, it, it, it was it was complete enjoyment. Um you know, I I um I have a massive interest in football, and I suppose in in Clare football, and um it was it was I was always involved in you know from underage up along, so that um I was never not involved, and um I I always kind of felt that if you could um no matter what your talent pool, if you could get um twenty players and and all working in the same direction, that there was a lot you could achieve, and um you know our our brief from the very start was just to. Give these fellas the best chance they could to achieve what they could achieve. Like, I mean, you know, obviously the bar, you know, is higher in other counties and stuff like that. But, you know, incrementally we start tried it to to improve things. And then when you start to improve things and you start to compete with some of the better teams, well, then you can start talking about, um, you know, uh, rising the bar again and rising the bar again and. Hopefully that the the next person coming in now will will drive it on and and and. Uh, push the bar up again because I think that you know all you need is is 20 dedicated players that are really interested and everybody pulling together in the back room and in the county board which we had so um to the most enjoyable time um in the sense there's um if 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 any of this was a headache you know you 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 get your headaches normally in life you know probably through work or interactions and stuff like that where this was never a headache it was uh it was a really pleasant experience and something that I enjoyed out of measure. And Camille, what will you be like on the sideline now watching the lads when you're not involved? Well, it, it'll be lovely. I'll, I'll be the know-all now that I was a Viking <laughs> for the last 10 years. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll have all the answers now, sir, and, and I didn't have them for the last 10 years. But, <laughs> I'd say, Eamon, you could probably, uh, you could probably attest to that, to that, to that sentiment. Oh yeah, it's 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 a lot easier talking about the game, Colin. I can assure you that. But uh, look, just to just to echo a lot of what has been said. Obviously, I myself and Colin would have crossed swords at various stages. Uh, but um, you know, I think you know, as a manager, when you take over a team, your brief is to improve the gang that you have in front of you and to improve where you're going. Uh, so when you look at that, first of all, and you go back to 2014 and uh, where where Clare were when Cullum took over and they very nearly caught us in, in 2014 in Cusick Park and we went on and won the All-Ireland afterwards uh, and where where he's leaving it, where he's passing on the baton to the next person, there's been absolutely phenomenal progress. And then on the other side as well, then the, you mentioned the players, Jackie, and I think that's the ultimate yeah. testament to any manager that when you see players, you mentioned Owen Cleary, Gary Brennan had a lovely piece in the examiner as well. And, you know, he outlined uh, wh- how much Cullum did for them, how much he improved them, how much he improved their football. But, um, Going by Gary's piece, one place you didn't want to be sitting anyway was the front seat of the the van with Cullum. If he has, if he had a few home truths to tell you, so <laughs> I, I, I think there is there is that national appreciation of of what what Cullum achieved, and uh, yeah, you it will take a while to get used to Cullum that routine and that constant. Um, 
whirring of the brain and the constant thinking about it and the constant going to matches to see if you're going to unearth a new gem. But um, you certainly left clear football in a better place than where you found it. Thanks a million, Aaron. Thank you. What happened in the front of the van? Yeah. <laughs> we all want to know that. <laughs> if you got someone into the front of the van, then there was a serious issue. And we had a, we had a couple of very... <laughs> very memorable ones there was there was one particular evening that they were looking at me with a player and they were wondering whether they'd have to intervene physically <laughs> <laughs> oh god right come here last question before we uh, get you to preview some of these matches with us then what are you going to do now genuinely because I know there's loads of people saying they'd love to see you still involved in some sort of a director of football role with Claire or whatever do you have any plans to stay involved because I, I certainly um, hope the answer is yes Well, well Jackie, I'm still involved at club level and I was training yeah. the, the club on Thursday night or on Tuesday night. So we'll be with we we full training session again tonight. So I'll be doing that. Uh, so I'll be involved in that. And um, I'm sure Kate has loads of plans for me. So we'll we'll see to those for a while anyway and just enjoy, enjoy, enjoy a little time off. Oh, fair play. And listen, she has it well sorted. That's for sure. Well, look, let's look ahead to the games uh, and then do that. This will be your next, your first foray into punditry then, Colm. And this will give you a new outlet for life as well, as you say, chatting about all the games. So we've got four preliminary quarterfinals to look forward to this weekend to see who's going to join Kerry, Dublin, Derry and Armagh in the last eight. On Saturday, Cork against Roscommon in Porky Cueve, Kildare against Monaghan in Tullymore, uh, Donegal against Tyrone in Ballybuffet. And then on Sunday, the big one, Galway against Mayo in Pierce Stadium and I don't know let's just go chronologically with these uh, because it does seem I know Colm obviously you have played with against Cork and Roscommon in the last few weeks so give us a sense of these these two teams and where you think they're going in their trajectory and and how you might see this one going I I think the the overall impression that I would give get of the championship is that uh, there doesn't seem to be any team putting up their hand and, and roaring uh, we're we're going to be the All Ireland champions. Um, there's been inconsistency across the board. Um, you know, from the top teams, um, the the, the high the highly ranked teams, inconsistency. Even from the the other teams, like one day they go out and they're they're really excellent and they and they play very well, and the next day, um, they're, they're ordinary. And 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 uh, you know, it's 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 a very difficult um uh, one to predict. Uh, I suppose the, the the one thing that I will say is that the four teams that are sitting waiting for these four definitely have a massive advantage. Mm. Uh, I think that two weeks is going to make a, a big a big difference. And I I I you know at the start I thought Galway this year were really going you know in the right direction. They seem to be the team, and you know I think that that loss to to Armagh could be very costly for them. Um, on the Cork Common game, um, I was in at Cork and Mayo, um. The weekend, uh, the game seemed to be done and dusted. Mayo six points up, uh, starting to play really good football, um, getting some really good scores, and immediately after they got the goal, conceded a, a, a penalty, and the whole thing turned around. Stephen Sherlock went into scoring mode, and and that was that. So um, I, I think that um, if if if, Sher- if Sherlock uh, if Sherlock is playing well. Cork are very potent because he's he's extremely accurate. He's extremely accurate, and the fact that the game is on in Parky Cueve should make a big difference. I think anyway. Mm. 
Eamon, it does seem with this Cork team, with every passing week, they're adding something to their play. You know, Sherlock, Column has outlined there, has been absolutely brilliant. But there's been a lot of other positives with this Cork team. What have you made of them in the last number of weeks? A uh, big time, Jackie. Look, with the on the Sherlock point, I mean, he scored 118 um, in, in the championship coming off the bench in a lot of those games. So he's having a huge impact. He's probably playing himself into that dreaded role that he's having such an impact uh, you know, do you hold him? It's it's a big decision for the Cork management this week. Do you hold him to see out the game the way he has been doing, or do you go with him and go go at it from the off? But uh, look, Cork are where I expect them to be. To be honest, Jackie, in terms of the way they're performing at the moment, they're it's 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 baffling when we see the other side of Cork with the players they have and with the the management team that they've in place. That's you know when they throw out some of these. Um, performances where you're kind of scratching your head and you're you're just wondering when's it going to click for them when are they going to come but you know we mentioned it before that a, a, a confident Cork team is a very dangerous thing and the way that they finished the game the last day you can't actually calculate what that can mean to a group because as Cullum knows well you can be banging the drum as a manager or as a management team and saying we're in a good place we're doing all the right things we will get there. We'll turn the corner. But when players actually live that and they play the way they did, they scored one six in a row to win a game and to go from a position where they were saying, we're probably going to be in third in a way to home tie uh, in Parky Cueve. That, that, that turnaround was absolutely massive. The thing now and the thing that Cork have lacked for the last while can they back that up again? Can they back that up this weekend? And in fairness, as Colin mentioned there, the games are so tight, the standard is so even, it's it's very hard to know, will they be able to? Because Roscommon have had a setback last weekend, but they've had a very good season. They're very well coached. They're very united as well. So it's it's going to be a great game. But um, yeah, Cork are where I expect them to be, Jackie. They they need to be playing like this. They need to be winning games like that with the with with the team with the players that they have available to them. Hmm. Hmm. There's a couple of things in that, Rory, to pick up on. One is, I suppose, that trajectory that Cork are going and 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 what sort of a Cork public are going to get out and support them this weekend. Hmm. The other is what sort of a Ross Common team are going to come down because I think Davy Burke was pretty open and honest after the game about his his team underperforming and how disappointed he was with them. So it's a big bounce back effect from them, but also exactly as Eamon says, how do, how to Cork back it up? Ross Common are favourites, Jackie, and justifiably so. They've been playing at a higher level all year long. They finished third in Division 1. They went up to, to, to Croke Park and drew with Dublin. I think, Eamon, if, correct me if I'm wrong, they went down to Tralee. I felt they should have beaten Kerry that night. They were very unlucky not to get a penalty in the last minute. I thought that was a penalty. And then you're looking at a Roscommon team that have beaten Mayo, that had drew with Dublin, that have taken beaten Kerry away from home, had that happened, and I felt it probably should have. This is a serious, serious challenge for Cork. I think the key question is, as Eamon mentioned, is consistency. They have, they're adding loads. You you asked in your original question, Jackie, and you're spot on. They're adding loads of different components. The one component they haven't added is a level of consistency, and they have an mm. opportunity to do that this weekend. Rory Dean looks like he's out. That would be a big loss. Um, who comes in there, maybe then that opens the door for Sherlock to start. Personally, I wouldn't. I don't. And I think the reason being the Cork management, I think they probably feel 
25 minutes at the back end is a better use of Sherlock. I'd say there might be certain question marks about his conditioning just yet, you know, and I think maybe 25 minutes at the back end gives you a bigger punch from Sherlock than uh, front loading him at, at the top of a game where he might struggle to get it in when everybody is fresh. But they do have a selection dilemma. It looks like Brian Hurley is fit. Kyle O'Mahony might actually not be too far away if they manage to progress. Um, but look, he won't probably make it this weekend, I would imagine. Um, but like, look, they have a great chance. They're at home. Um, the lower south stand is completely sold out already, uh, which is a great sign. They're only opening the two stands, the north and south, so I'd expect a big crowd. It's a two o'clock throw-in. If I was cock, I'd take that as an insult. This is where they look at us. They see us as, you know, basically, you know, the opening act. So again, you'd be parking all those things and you take them on to the pitch on Sunday. If they perform with the same level of vigor and the same and they apply themselves in exactly the same way that they did last Sunday against Mayo, I think they have a chance to win this game. But if they're any way off it, they'll be beaten because this is a very, very good Ross Common side. Did they book you for the motivational speech beforehand? <laughs> Jackie, Jackie, does he ever take off his car cat? No. Never come off. Yeah. It's not possible, Colin. He was it's trying to possible. drum up the support on Monday, Colin, and he's given a, a rabble rousing speech. I told you about a confident car. <laughs> I'm telling you, Eamon, you'll be in butter on Monday. If they've been away, that's for sure. Oh, stop. Yeah. Right, come here. Let's move on to the other games then. Uh, Donegal, Tyrone. And Colin, when you look at this, right, the form book completely points to Tyrone. They won the league meeting earlier this year by eight points. Their last championship meeting, they won it by six points. Everything tells you Tyrone should win this game. But from what we've seen by out of Tyrone in this championship, you just don't know with them. Yeah. Um, you know, you're scratching your head about Tyrone. You really are. They're the most um, kind of frustrating team in the whole country. You're looking at a panel of players who any manager in the country would love to to lay his hands on. Uh, and they seem to just um, underperform or they're not getting the consistency that you think that they should have. There are times in games they look like magic and then they just kind of, as if the air goes out of the balloon, they go back to, 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 to just being really ordinary. On the other side of the coin, um, Johnny Gall were in a bit of a, uh, I suppose, a little a mini crisis. Uh, came down to to Ennis, um, um, got got the win in Ennis, and um, they seem to have driven on well from that, and seem to be improving all the time. And uh, the fact that they're at home, um, you know, I I'd give Johnny Gall a serious chance here, uh, unless the 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 real Tyrone stands up, mm. unless the real stand, Tyrone stands up. Can I ask you about what you saw from Donegal in Ennis in that game? Because, look, there's no doubt your own team were fighting for your lives as well. But this Donegal team, the turnaround, what have you seen in them that they've managed to do this? Well, in, in, in the first half in, in, in Ennis, we should have been winning by nine points at half time. The game should have been completely over. Um, as it turns out, um, we had injuries that we didn't realise that were chronic as they were on the night. And unfortunately, two of those guys were marking two key Donegal players. So I think that Donegal got the win. You know, it wasn't a convincing display from Donegal, but it was the bit of a, a confidence builder that they needed. And once they got that 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 win, because of the rules of the competition, they pretty much uh, were looking at, at the third spot after getting that win. 
my own view is that they, if if they wanted to really make this perfect, uh, they should have had um, score difference and just the top two going through, and that would have done everything. Everybody would be playing for something, but that's another day's work. So I think that they were fortunate to get out of Ennis. Um, I think a lot of what happened that day was our own fault, but uh, once they got out, it gave them a massive lift. And to see Paddy McBrearty back, they're a different team completely with Paddy McBrearty, a different team. That guy's a serious footballer, serious leader, and uh, a match winner on any given day. Mm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, Eamon, isn't it? You know, he he makes them tick. And given what they've already lost this year, to have a key leader like that back for these last couple of games is massive. It is, absolutely. And I I, I agree with Colm fully in the, the day in Ennis. I, I was on the Donegal-Derry game, so I watched that player uh, Donegal game in, in full um, getting ready for that game, and yeah, Clare could have could have been out out of sight by half time. But that, again, no more than Cork last weekend. You know that kind of a win, it, it can be it can be huge in terms of belief and driving a team on. But uh, I I was actually very impressed with Donegal today against Derry. Derry won well in the end, and the goals were a difference. And Derry were very impressive that day. But uh, Donegal Donegal are in a good spot, and they're they're tough to beat up there. Um, you know, with Tyrone, like I'm always careful with Tyrone because we've we still have PTSD and carry from Tyrone, so they're there. We always treat them with <laughs> with with kid loves with regard to how you talk about them, but they they haven't been scoring a, a whole pile in the group stages. They they've only scored um an average. They're under 15 points on average a game. They haven't scored a goal in the group stages. You know, you know, with the with the forwards that that they have, um, that that's not good enough from them really. And if they're going to become part of the conversation, and it was a key part of their makeup the year they won the All Ireland, they were getting big goals in those games. Um, they're going to have to start scoring goals. And you know, in fairness, with the way the likes of Derek Canavan has been playing, and Rory Canavan is, I'm delighted as now to see him starting as well because I think he's excellent. Uh, they they they're going to need those goals if they're going to advance from now on. They're going to need goals, I think, and uh, it'll be interesting to see this weekend if they can come up with a few goals. But again, a very very finely balanced game, and uh, you know the whole the the whole consequences of last weekend with Donegal getting that home tie and Barry Buffet. That's 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 excellent for them. Mm. And like the reality is, if we got the championship that column is talking about there, Rory, which I totally agree with, I would love to see the top two going in. Tyrone would have been out, you yeah, know, yeah. like they were within a kick of a ball of going out anyway. John Heslin puts that ball over the bar and they're out. So you do wonder if they needed a fright and they needed to be shocked into we need to get things going here. They, they've surely got it by now. But they've got a, quite a few frights, Jackie, like they've they've. I mean, how many championship victories have they had since they won their All-Ireland in 21? I think they've beat Fermanagh last year in the Ulster mm. Championship mm-hmm. and then they won yeah. one round-robin game. So they've had two championship wins and they must have played, I think, certainly at least six or seven or maybe mm. eight games at this stage. Maybe I think it's seven, six or seven anyway. But like, so... It's just, I don't know, it's a fun... It's a, like Colm mentioned earlier on how cur- they're just a curious... Uh, a curious team at the minute. I think, like, no different to David Clifford and Kerry. If you took Derek Hanavan out of it, you know, like, it'd be like a deck of cards because he really is just stepping up in a way that no, I mean, like, he's just so crucial to them in terms of what he's delivering from play and from dead balls. He's an incredible footballer. So, 
I think they're going to have it all to do. I think one thing that I'd be very interested in, I know, look, it might be a conversation for another day, is the job that Aidan O'Rourke has done to try and resurrect Donegal's fortunes and get them into this position, given where they were mid-season. Obviously, a management heave is is a messy business. It caused huge rancor within the county. And if they get a victory this weekend, I think an awful lot of what's kind of uh, washed under the bridge will all be forgotten about very, very quickly. And Donegal will take flight. You would imagine they know when we want to meet them in a quarter. Mm, huge game very very hard to call just like all of them like even oh, killed, they're even, vicious hard to call yeah all of them. like even Kildare Monaghan I'm looking at it and I'm thinking okay did we think Kildare were going to get there maybe not and then Monaghan you look at the way they started against Tyrone and you're suddenly thinking okay now we're, we're fearful of them it just like I, Colm I think you're right this whole championship has just been a complete roller coaster and just even understanding the form lines of any of these teams like let's take this game for instance you look at Kildare just understanding them, like they're brilliant against Dublin the first day. Then they're held to a draw by Sligo. You're watching them thinking, how are you not winning this game? Then they come out and beat Ross Common then last weekend in an absolute scintillating performance. So, what what can you tell about Kildare, Colm? Again, again, um, exactly that. The 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 up and down, like the day we played them in the league, uh, they were dire for for for. Three quarters of that game, they they were they were we did as we wanted. We had the game in complete control, and and then they started to well. Of course, you know, um, now on on that particular day, Daniel Flynn was immense, immense. And uh, when he came on, I mean, he, to my mind, he's uh, he's one of the he's, he's a special talent. And when he came on, he made a massive difference. But it it it's just that it's it's like it's there all the time. There there is serious talent in Kildare. And it's that, that consistency that's lacking in a lot of the teams we're talking about today. But they 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 played in Tullamore last weekend. They're in Tullamore this weekend, and uh, they'll be hard beaten there. They'll be mm. hard beaten there. Mm. What about Monaghan then, Eamon? What sort of a fight do you think they can bring? Monaghan have been very up and down as well, Jackie. Mm. But when when they're good, they're very good. Yeah, And, uh, you know, the pattern that they've shown through a lot of the years so far is that they react to defeat very well and they come hard again the following weekend. So I'd be expecting a huge performance from them. Um, I I was at the Kildare game last weekend and I was very impressed, particularly with the way they went and won the game at the end because it really was on a knife edge. Uh, uh, But, you know, I'm considering all the maybe the background stuff that was going on in the chat and, you know, Kevin Feely's interview afterwards was excellent and how open and honest he was and that, that they really were feeling the 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 heat within the group. So uh, again, they're going to be in a great position this weekend, but I would, I think that if Kildare are going to win it, they're really going to have to play well this weekend because I would expect a, a big response from, from Monaghan and Vinnie Corey has shown that all season that he's very good at, tweaking a small bit depending on the opposition and getting a big performance out of them so um, yeah should be another great game Ryan, Ho- Ryan Houlihan went off last week Jackie uh, looked like maybe an ankle injury I think yeah. he was kind of limping as he was going off and I thought he was having like he, he was given the task to Mark Ben O'Carroll who's a, like a special talent from a Roscommon perspective and I'd imagine if he was fit there's a good chance that he'd probably pick up Jack McCarron this weekend and if he's not, I mean, look, they, they have a bit of depth, I think, up front. And Mick O'Grady didn't start either last Mick, weekend. Yeah, yeah. So 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 this is where your like your 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 deeper panels will play a huge role. And Kildare do have that. Um up front with Ben McCormick, Alex Byrne, obviously Feely moved in there. 
like, you know, like I think there's really good momentum. I think physically they're very, very well developed. Their conditioning is top class. They have consistency issues the same as Cork do. I think that's the only big kind of caveat in that. Can you trust them? You know, and that's that. That will be the question uh, this weekend. But I, I, I fancy them. I think, like you know, I, I'd give them a really, really good chance of winning this because I think there's just that, that win was as Eamon mentioned the way they dug it out. They knew they needed to win the game if they wanted that home quarter. They took out a team much higher ranked than them. We'll say in the league on league standings, and um, I thought it was very, very impressive. They played some great football. Yeah, looking forward to that one. But there is not a game this weekend that I am not looking forward to more than Galway Mayo, lads. I'm just telling you, on Sunday afternoon, there is going to be blood and thunder between these two. Oh, yeah. It seems to me as well, Colm, outside of the COVID years, most of the games between these in the last while have been not knockout. So like the, the COVID ones were obviously knockout given the provincial systems or whatever. How much of a spice does it add to it now, given that like one of these has the chance to knock the other one out of the championship? Like it's not just the bragging rights. It's the position that it potentially puts them in as well. This game is enormous for these two teams. Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. I'd say everybody that's uh, everybody that ever had any interest in football would love to be in Bourne and throw the weekend. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 mouth watering. It really is. Um, you know, a lot of spice to the fixture. Um, Sean Kelly, who has been absolutely immense for Galway this year, absolutely immense. Um, is he out? Is he definitely out? Um, do do they finally spring Mulcairn and put him back at three? Um, like it seems to me noticeable that even though um Mulcairn was listed at eighteen. He didn't. Uh, he didn't play any part last weekend. Um, you'd have thought they'd been trying to get something, some, some, something into him. Um, but uh, like he's a massive player. If he's back as well, if he's okay, if everything's good, um, it's 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 a position that Galway prior to last weekend didn't think they'd be in. They mm. definitely mm. did not see themselves being in. And um, Mayo in Limerick, um, you know, Bar in Fitz and snatches they played some good football um Jordan Finn come came with some beautiful scores um the, the goal but apart from that there was a lot of the play that would looked very stale and then then didn't didn't look like kind of energy you expect from Mayo but then here we go again it's um which which Mayo <laughs> which Mayo's going to show up it's uh, you know it's it's like it's like trying to you know the, the, there's nobody putting up their hand and saying we're a proper team we're consistent we want to get Sam and that's it and and we you know nobody seems to be doing that I thought Galway were the closest thing to it up to last weekend and then the loss really has 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 put them in a in a bit of trouble that they shouldn't be in. Mm. Well, neither should Mayo aim and like, I mean, really like to concede one six to lose a game like that, like Mayo, you know, like Colm talked about Tyrone being frustrating, like God, the Mayo fans this week must have their head in their hands because not only do you go and blow the game against Cork, but then you draw a goal away, which to them is literally the worst possible away, goal. Away, Jack. Like, yeah, it's yeah. awful. I mean, if you're a Mayo fan this week, I like God help you. I think you're you're having a rough L time of it now. And you've had a lot of those to deal with. It's it's the most Mayo thing, isn't it? To lose the game, <laughs> you should win, and then to draw Galway. But like, hundred percent. And Colin mentioned it there. Both of those teams think where they were last Sunday morning. 
Yeah. They were going up and of course the players would have been focused on the game ahead because they both had big games. But certainly in the back of their minds, they would have been saying, look, we're probably in a quarter final. Worst case scenario, look, if things don't go our way today, we'll have another game next weekend. But to lose the way that they, both teams lost, then to end up playing each other in Salt Hill, where Mayo actually have a better record in the recent past, it's 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 huge. And it's like for, for the other pretenders to Sam Maguire, it's great, particularly the team sitting <laughs> in the quarterfinals because there's a big gun gone next Sunday evening and uh, I'm lucky enough to be to be on the game on Sunday. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to going up there. But uh, like... I think for Mayo in particular, that defeat and the manner of it is is really harmful. And um, Kevin Maxey so far this year, I think he's managed the thing exceptionally well. And, uh, you know, post Roscommon, the defeat there, they had time off. They came back. They were clearly very focused on the Kerry game. They were fresh. They were they looked uh, they looked excellent that day. This is a real test of his management now this week because there's going to have to be a bit of honest talk about the way that they performed in that last 15 minutes. But you have to balance that then with you're playing a huge game against your biggest rivals the following weekend and you need to be brimming with confidence and energy for that. So striking that balance and how he manages this week will be interesting for him and as Colin mentioned, the Sean Kelly thing is absolutely massive mm. because his his importance aside, obviously he's probably their best player in, in his form this season. But who will mark Aidan O'Shea? I think dropping Sean Mulcairn in will, would be a huge decision considering he's played no, no competitive football this year. Would would they have to put the likes of Achillean McDade back on, on Aidan O'Shea to match him physically or John Daly and take him out of the role that he plays? Either wh- Whatever they have to do, because, you know, they're full backline players other than that, the likes of Johnny McGrath, they're not going to match him physically. So they're going to have to get one of their more physical players on him, which, which is going to upset the balance of the team. So there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of talking points around it, but it's going to be it's going to be massive and Huge consequences for whoever loses on, on Sunday evening that they're they're gone before the quarterfinals and both teams would have been realistic top two in the league and realistically they would have seen themselves going all the way to the end of July. One thing and one thing one thing that I thought was interesting as well, Jackie, was the referee appointment, which is Sean Hurston from Tyrone. Now, as we as some of us maybe might might be aware or might be familiar, like they tend to referee Gaelic football a little more liberally in Tyrone, kind of like the hurling, you know, where they don't, they don't apply the rules at all. That's so, great, Rory, great yeah, to hear. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but, but I do, but I do think like you have to bear in mind, this is their fourth meeting this year. And Eamon, you know better than anybody, you know, with, with the rivalry with Cork going back along, when you're meeting teams that regularly, familiarity does breed contempt. I think this could be quite fractious. If you add into the mix a referee who will allow a bit of contact, you know, I think discipline is going to be absolutely essential. Black cards, yellow cards, potentially red cards. Obviously, they're near neighbours, rivals. They'll know each other quite well. So this... This could be quite a tense game. I mean, like, I, I, I don't necessarily see this being open and free-flowing. Definitely not for the first 10 or 15 minutes. There's going to be a lot of nerves. I think it's going to be a 
there's going to be a big pressure on. I was looking at the stats there, Eamon, on the thing that I sent you on last night. Shane Walsh has only, they've played five championship matches and Shane Walsh has only scored five points from play. That's, he's averaging one point from play per match. I mean, no, he, he hasn't been at wow. He's he like, look, he had such a long season last year. Um, that went right into January. He had a bit of the break yeah. in Australia and he was straight back into it. And he, he hasn't, I've seen him in the flesh a couple of times. He hasn't got back yet, but he's the type of player he can explode on a day and he can, this is it. especially against Mayo. Now he's going to know, you know, that it's time for them to get going. And they still haven't got that performance out of him and Comer together. And the day that that happens, you know, it's it's going to be hard to beat mm. them that the day that they get the both of them performing together. And Comer not playing last weekend, and I imagine being back in, he'll have to play this weekend. That's going to be a huge boost to them as well. Mm. Mm. Likewise, I think Killian O'Connor, Colm, like surely we're going to have to see him this weekend as well. He played for Ballantubber last weekend. I was surprised we didn't even see him for 10 minutes when Mayo needed a bit of composure last weekend. If Shane Walsh and Damian Comer need to fire on one side, if Mayo are going to get to an All-Ireland quarterfinal, surely they're going to need Killian O'Connor to be firing too. No question. I mean, Killian, Killian is the is the guy that you know he scores when when he shoots, he scores. So you don't have to you don't have to look a second time, and that's that's badly what they want. You know, some of the some of the forward play last weekend, but as as with the exception of Jordan Flynn, was was very poor. There was nothing. There was no nobody cutting in, nobody causing trouble. Cork dealt with them quite easily. Um, you know, they just, it, it just was a poor, poor flat display. But one thing that's, that, that's, very, that's very apparent is there's, you know, the teams like, you know, Kevin McStay's master stroke in, in his preparation for the Kerry game. I, I think there's, um, he wasn't too pushed about that, that kind of championship. Um, male players have kind of medals dripping out of their pockets. And that the only yardstick in Mayo now is 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 in All Ireland, and he he got a, a long period of time to prepare prepare for Kerry, and when he got that time, they were they, that was a fantastic display, and another example of it was Monaghan's display for the first round of these qualifiers. Um, uh, Vinnie Cor Vinnie Corey's uh, brother brother coach in the team, God Almighty, he got he got a uh, some some performance in from that team that they were coached to. Perfection, and uh, we're very unlucky not to win, not to win that match. But now everybody's got to think on their feet because mm. it's going to be a week to prepare, week to prepare, week to prepare. So it the, the the whole thing has changed completely, and it's the team that can adapt the quickest, get the thing done, and uh, and and uh, make really fast tactical decisions. Are the teams that are going to progress? Mm. I don't generally like predictions, but this one feels like a one that's on a knife edge. Like, Eamon, how do, how do you even, how do you call it? How do you flip this one between these two? Because this oh. this is the, this result this weekend probably determines potentially the All-Ireland as well. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I'm useless at predictions anyway, Jackie. Me too. Uh, that's why I don't like them. But this I, one's a bit of crack. It is. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we needed extra time. Yeah, I would agree, Eamon, yeah. yeah. And, and and more at the weekend. Yeah. Could yeah. imagine that if there was penalties in Salt Hill? Like, uh, <laughs> oh, there'd be, there'd be some crack. But uh, yeah, I, it, it's so hard to call. Um, Mayo, like, I, I think that that final 15 minutes is as positive as it was for Cork. It's equally as harmful for Mayo. Mm. Um, and if, if they can react to that and win from there... They're in a great place going forward, but 
I, I, I think they'll find it hard. Now, if Sean Kelly's out for 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 Galway, it could tilt it to, towards Mayo Mayo's favour. But um, I'd be slightly going with the home team, the kiss of death. Yeah, there you go. There's a Kerry man uh, putting the boot in. Let's see what happens. Colin, what do you reckon? Yeah, when when um, when I got the call about this the other day, I said, "Oh, don't tell me they're going to ask me who's going to win these matches." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only this one, they're, only this one, only this they're, one. They're they're all just a tussle kind of. Ah, listen, yeah. I I I can't I can't leave Galway now. I can't uh, I can't turn my back on them after one after one loss. I I've I've said all year. I I think Hardy Joyce doing a fantastic job there. Um, obviously, Kian Kian with him, great coach. I think they have a tremendous bunch of players. I think that if Comer, Comer and, and Shane, if they click, they they'll they'll reef through any team. Um I just uh, I suppose I'd be I'd be a bit worried about the full back situation. I, I I mean I'm a big fan of Mulcairn. If 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 uh if he's okay, I I'd be putting him in. But um you know, maybe he's not. And uh um but the thing about him and or Aidan O'Shea is that up to this point, um Mayo have haven't used him in the way that you would expect him expect him to be used. The man is six foot four, and there's there's no ball going in that challenges anybody in the air or anything like that. So there's uh, that hasn't been happening. So the ball that's been coming in, you you could be five foot dot and maybe able to deal with it. So uh, that'll be interesting as well. See, does that tactic change next weekend? Yeah. Fun times ahead, lads. Yeah. I yeah, I mean particularly that game on Sunday. I think you know if the football championship took off last weekend, it's going to absolutely explode this weekend, and I cannot wait. Colm, for you in particular, thanks so much for making the time to be with us today. Thoroughly enjoyed having you on, Eamon. It's always a delight to listen to you and look forward to your commentary at the weekend. But Colm, thanks a million for taking the time. Congratulations again on a phenomenal tenure with Clare, and enjoy the time off with your family. I hope it'll be well spent. Thanks. Thanks a million, Jackie. Thank you very much. Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road. And that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses.